Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. The weather on the east coast just absolutely continues to crank. I don't even know what's going on out here dude. It's 34 degrees in the middle of September, so wrap your head around that. It's absolutely unbelievable. But it's just been a bit of a frantic week. The other day I was on Binge and I saw Bend It Like Beckham has only a 6.7 rating on IMDb. So that spun me out for a couple of days. Like, what is art? What is art and what is the metric by which we measure its worth? Because you're telling me Bend It Like Beckham, not even a 7. I don't know. Justify that in your own time. Because I've seen that film three times and I have a very hard time. It's one of those ratings where if someone gave it like a one out of 10, I'd get it. Because it's like Bend It Like Beckham obviously isn't for you. I guess maybe you don't believe in teamwork. Maybe you don't believe in different cultures working together during a decade when they weren't doing that as much. Maybe you don't believe in that sort of thing. Maybe you don't believe in Kira Knightley with short blonde hair because we haven't really seen it since. But a 1 out of 10, I could wrap my head around. A 6.7, someone... Like, how could you either... like it, For me, Ben, like Beckham's a 1 or a 10. Either you get your socks rocked off or you don't. So I don't know how people are handing out 6s to one of the greatest feature films we've seen over the last three decades. So that sort of spun me out a bit. And then... Like I said, it's been a weird week. Friday, I'm coming home. And I guess this is just opening the pot up with a few things that have spun me out. And Friday, I come home. I call Rowan. I said, mate, what's the goss? How's the fridge looking? He goes, empty. I said, well, we better fix that. And we had a good laugh about that. A good laugh indeed. And I went to our local bottle shop and picked up a case of Green Demons, Victoria Bitter, hand grenades, you know. Heart starters, the sort of stuff that that launches a thousand ships. $67 for a case of Victoria Bitter Stubbies in 2023. And it wasn't even, firstly, I go into the cool room. There's no prices on any of the cases, which honestly did rattle the fuck out of me. It was sort of like, it wasn't the sort of situation where you're thinking no news is good news. It was like no news, this is... This is bad. Give me some news, you know, because I think anything above 60 is egregious. So the fact they didn't even have the balls to put the advertised price down on the cool room, that tells me something's really amiss here. Because if, if I see 67 on the cool room label under the green demon, I'm now going to the counter with $67 energy. I'm ready to swing. Okay. I'm dropping this thing I'm dropping this thing on the counter from like a meter in the air going, what the fuck is this? But instead, I'm going up being like, Bill, you're paranoid, you know, get out of your own head, leave this person alone. I'm sure it's going to be like 58. I'm sure it'll be fine. And then she hits me with the 67 and I've got to fucking, do you know what I mean? My pants were down. I wasn't able to sort of calibrate my reaction in time. I would just hit the pay pass in stunned silence and ran home to tell Rowan how disgusted I was with the state of this nation, okay? People are worried about China invading. Get out to your local bottle shop. I can tell you they already fucking have. 
with some of these prices, you cannot tell me we're not living under a communist regime. So, rattling stuff, really rattling stuff. And then last night, I just, um, and then I had a great weekend. I can't really complain about the weekend, guys. And the weather's been unbelievable. And while these minor incidents have sort of rattled me for upwards of six to seven seconds, let's be honest, life couldn't really be better than right now. And then just to cap it all off, which a week that has been filled with ups and or downs, return to the open mic comedy scene last night, you know, just to get back in the trenches. I like to, I like to get in there, work out some new jokes. It's productive stuff. Last night, 20 people at this open mic, I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be really productive. I can't wait for this, dude. Just an absolutely face-melting bomb. Just face-melting across the board silence. And you only get four minutes of the open mic, which is good stuff because it fucking flew by. And my God, the guy was giving me the little light side of stage. And I looked at that and I said, thank you. I said it out loud. I just gave him a little wave. I said, thanks, mate. And I was acknowledging the light, but I was also genuinely thanking him for letting me know that this was almost over. And I sprinted out of there, dude. My God, just shocking stuff from me. So, you know, I've been up, I've been down, and I haven't really been in between. That's sort of where I'm at this week. Unlike the people who viewed Bend It Like Beckham. I haven't really been settling for mediocrity. I haven't been sitting on the fence, okay? I've been two feet in the deep end in everything I do, and I've been facing the consequences. So it's been high highs, low lows. I miss my ex-girlfriend, and there's a lot going on, okay? There's a lot going on as we come into what is looking like one of the freaking most red-hot summers of all time here on the East Coast. And fingers crossed we don't lose any South Coast towns to some absolutely face-melting bushfires, Probably not the right time to use that. But yeah, if we can dodge bushfire season or sort of get away unscathed as far as people's homes being lost, my God, I am out of my tree for this summer, dude. I cannot wait. But anyway, let's crack into things. I'm just going to finish off the travel yarns from my trip. This is the last week. Um, People have been telling me they've been liking them, but I don't know if these are dragging for some people. But anyway... Last travel yarn here, and then we got pretty red-hot episode because Stuart McGill has been arrested in a wild cocaine scandal. So, looking forward to that. But anyway, where we picked up from last week, we were in Puerto Viejo in Costa Rica. Now, Puerto Viejo, if you've never been to Costa Rica, is Spanish for Port Viejo. So, beautiful place. We went in the middle of the wet season not really ideal. We thought, let's bail. We're going to head off to Jaco on the west coast of Costa Rica. We still have like four nights left. So we're like, we plan to stay in Puerto Viejo the whole time. But we thought, let's let's make a fist of this Jaco place. Uh, some of the locals did mention it was actually pronounced Waco. But I know a fucking J when I see one. So had to correct a few of them there. But we head off to Jaco and... The two Swiss boys from Puerto Viejo, absolute legends, Tim and Pascal, they had a similar sentiment to us, and they said, we'll meet you in Jaco. We'll get the bus later in the day. So we get the bus to Jaco. It's like five hours to San Jose. Then you hop on another one, two hours to Jaco. So travel day, whatever. We get to this hostel, have dinner, who gives a fuck? Not really much happening there. 
The next day, the Swiss boys meet us. And Tim, who was a bit of an absolute character, turned out they had got on the bus and halfway to San Jose, two and a half hours in, Tim got a call from the hostel letting him know that he had left his passport at the hostel. Now, they try to get off the bus to go back and get it, but the guy won't open the cabins for the luggage. And I think in Costa Rica and just Central America in general, depending on the specific region you're in, the buses can be quite unsafe as far as sometimes they get pulled over by cops who want to go through everyone's bags. Sometimes they get pulled over by criminals who want to steal from people's bags. So the bus underneath, it has like Puerto Viejo, all the bags for Puerto Viejo locked and that doesn't get unlocked until you hit Puerto Viejo and all the bags are stored according to which stop you are getting off. So it's a good system unless you need to get off. So they go all the way to San Jose. They have to hire a car to drive five hours back to Puerto Viejo to pick up Tim's passport and then drive five hours back to San Jose and then another two hours to Jayco. So 12-hour round trip after five hours on the bus, 17 hours all up, not including stops. And the funniest thing is it was Tim's passport that was lost and Tim doesn't have his driver's license. So Pascal had to do the full 12-hour drive by himself. And they got in at like 5 a.m. the next morning <laughs> at Jayco. And the funniest thing, Tim goes, yeah, it wasn't actually that bad. I go, yeah, I bet it wasn't that fucking bad, Tim, you clown. Hey, Tim's listening to podcasts in the passenger seat, having a fucking nap while Pascal's driving him all over Costa Rica. So Tim's an absolute clown, but he's a lovable clown. And anyway, so we get we get a vibe on Jayco the next day. It turns yeah. out it's, uh, it's a sex tourism town, Jayco. It's just filled to the brim, brim with prostitutes and 60-year-old American fellas who want to engage their services. So, bit of a weird vibe at the hostel, guys, if, it could, if I could be candid. Because, m- picture this, like, it's like half young travelers in their 20s, half mid-60s American white guys purely there for prostitutes. Like, you'd tell a mid, mid-60s American guy, like, what you're up to that day. We went to the beach, we did this, we did that. He's like, yeah, no, I just hung out here, just sort of waiting to go out later. Like, they were exclusively there for prostitutes. And, like, it was just weird. Like, two guys had prostitutes at the hostel. Two, like, geriatric American guys, like, in their 70s. And then, like, two mid-30s Costa Rican women. And it was weird, dude. It was so weird. (laughs) And, like, you could see, like, the Costa Rican prostitutes would, like, laugh at their jokes and stuff. Like, and you could hear, like... It wasn't funny. It was really bizarre. Me and Macca spent a couple of hours by the pool where it was me, him on like those layout things. It was like a really nice hostel. It had a pool. Those layout mattress things. And then next to us was two American guys and their prosies. And like, you know, I don't want to tell anyone how to relax, but can't you just do it at some fucking motel, lads, or some hotel? Do you know what I mean? So it was, it was pretty weird. It was pretty bloody weird. Anyway, so then we go, look, honestly, all these old fellas trying to smash prozzies is kind of not the vibe we were looking for. Let's hit the streets, buy some marijuana, okay? And I've pretty much been running the streets in Costa Rica at this time. Uh, Puerto Viejo, the the drug dealers there, they referred to me as El Diablo. They feared me and they were right to do so, okay? Uh, A few other guys called me El Bargano because I I refused to uh, 
pay the advertised price. But anyway, so we buy some weed off this guy and no, we didn't. No. Sorry. We met this guy who was like, yeah, I could get you weed, but you got to come with me. And we were like, uh, we're not going down this alleyway with this guy, even though I was a pretty friendly guy. And I go, nah. And he goes, or I could get it, get it for you and bring it back. And it was only like 20 bucks Australian. We go, uh, probably going to get scammed here. But like I said, I thought I was the man and I got cocky. So I give him like 20 Australian. Obviously, he never comes back. Obviously, he doesn't come back, guys. Okay, I think that's pretty obvious to anyone who's not fucking me and or Michael McElroy in this story. So we wait about 40 minutes. He doesn't come back. I go, fuck this, Mac. Are we going to go find this little cunt? He was only about five foot four, but the vibe was, although I could potentially beat him in a physical altercation, he no doubt stabbed me. So I didn't want to actually get angry at this guy. I just wanted to see him and just let him know that I know that he fucked us, okay? It was just, I wanted an acknowledgement. An acknowledgement of what had happened here, okay? So, we walk up and down the main strip for like half an hour. It's like 42 degrees as well. We don't find him. Whatever, okay? Then, uh, that's right. Tim, our Swiss mate, he goes to buy some weed on the street as well. And his guy is actually actually uh, comes back or whatever, but some other random homeless guy tried to rob Tim on the street, tried to like take his money out of his hand and Tim had to like wrestle this guy down and like fight him basically. He had to fight him for his money. And so the streets are really kicking our ass in Jayco. And we go out that night and we're having a slice of pizza at like 11 p.m. outside some bar before we go to the next one. And this like street guy shirtless is like, oh, I'm so hungry, lads. All the Costa Rican street guys, they had like very good English and they're pretty charming to be honest. And he was like, I'm so hungry, lads. Does anyone have any spare money for food? And I had all these coins in my pocket from the pizza. So I said, brother, I got heaps of coins. Here you go. And as I go to give it to him, Tim looks up and goes, oh, don't give him any money. That guy tried to rob me earlier today. I go, what? And Tim goes, yeah, that's the guy. And I look at this guy. I go, did you try to rob Tim earlier? And the guy's like, oh, no mas, no mas. All of a sudden, like, no palo inglés. And it's like, dude, this guy, man, imagine trying to rob someone and then six hours later trying to ask them for money. I mean, these street fellas, they, they didn't give a fuck, dude, okay? So then we go to the next bar. We go there for a bit. Then we, we head on to the next one. On to the next one, Mac is walking a bit, uh, a bit ahead of me. He goes, Bill, look who it is. And it's the guy who robbed us earlier in the day as well. I go, well, 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 brother. Look who it fucking is, hey? And this bloke, man, he's so classic. He goes, lads, no, I was looking for you. I was looking for you, lads. I go, no, you fucking weren't. We were looking for you. He goes, I went to the hostel to ask for you. I asked for you at a reception. I go, mate, you don't know our names. Who the fuck did you ask for? And he's like, oh. And then we're like, well, where's the money? He goes, the money is gone, lads. The money is gone. Obviously, we didn't want to escalate the situation any further because he's a fucking hardcore Costa Rican man living on the street. And, you know, I come from the ivory tower on the northern beaches of Sydney. So despite the height and weight discrepancy, I wouldn't put it past this man to flog me. And even if he couldn't, like I said, I, I back him in to have a knife or some sort of weapon or even to, pa- to perhaps fashion a weapon from something on the street uh, mid-altercation. 
You know, you don't want to get into it with a street guy on the street because that's his habitat. That's his terrain. Okay. Maybe if we were in like a home, maybe I would try and fight him then because he doesn't have one of those. You know, he'd be thinking, fuck, he'd be out of his depth, out of his element, you know? So anyway, maybe I could get a toothbrush and stab him with that. He's never seen one of those before. But anyway, so he was a nice enough guy. We ended up sort of chatting to him for a bit. And then we went to this club, dude. This club was called Ecstasy, as in X-T-C. And this was just bizarre, dude. I've never been in a situation like this. We're in this club and I'm looking around and it's just all the women are like stunning and they're scantily clad and they're so hot and, you know, they're Costa Rican, you know, just absolutely stacked. And I'm looking around and I go, I think all these women are prostitutes. I think pretty much all of them are prostitutes exclusively, you know? And I go, I don't know, dude. And then Mac is talking to one of them and, you know, she's wearing like pretty much nothing. And I go, but also, I don't know. And also, it's kind of rude to just assume everyone's a prostitute. I don't know what goes on in this town, dude. I go to Mac, I go, mate, I don't want to speak out of school. I think your bird might be a prostitute. Mac is like, nah, dude, she's she's absolutely, she's laughing head off. She's loving my pants. And I go, okay, I'm pretty sure she's a prostitute. And anyway, so Mac goes, mate, go talk to her yourself. Like, I'm, she's not. And then I go chat to her and like immediately I'm like, yeah, dude, she's obviously a prostitute. She's like licking my ear and shit. And then she goes, I need to go to the bathroom to be fresh for you, baby. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll catch you later. And I go, Maka, she's so obviously a prostitute. And Maka goes, oh, yeah. And I go, I think everyone here is a prostitute. And we look around the room and it's like us, like four other American guys, and then like 50 chicks in like bras and G-strings. And we're like... And it's a club. It's not like a brothel, but it was probably more brothel than club looking back. So I don't even know, dude. Um, really weird. So Jayco is just like a sex tourist town, we, t- we found out. Okay, so it was a pretty bizarre vibe. It was also expensive and kind of disgusting. Like, I didn't like it there that much. And anyway, so the next day we hung out at the beach, sick beach. I actually went for a surf one day. So international surfer, tick. I caught a fucking face-melting left, face-melting left, okay? And if I could be candid, that was really, I caught maybe a second wave. And the the surf was a little bit heavier than really what I was looking for, uh, despite the fact, you know, I'm fully fledged off the QS. But yeah, it was actually fucking so tiring out there. So I probably only surfed like half an hour. And anyway, so pro surfer, it was sick. I was out, the best part was being out the back because the actual surfing was so tiring, but it's like all jungle, mountain hills and stuff. Fucking unreal. And then we're hanging out at the beach and uh, I go over to Macca. Macca's talking to this guy. It's the drug dealer who robbed us the day before. He's like, lads, what's going on? I go, mate, I don't want to hang out with you. You fucking robbed us yesterday. And he goes, what, are you still mad about that? I go, yes, I'm still mad about that. Okay, Jesus. He goes, oh, come on, lads, you know? Man, this guy was so charming. I've never been robbed by someone so charming in all my life. And he's so cute, you know, five foot four. And, you know, he's the poor guy's homeless. Like, if I was him, I would have robbed me too, you know? So he goes, seriously, lads, I can, I'll actually, I can actually get you whatever you want. This time, no fooling. And I go, mate, are you seriously trying to sell us drugs again? I go, get out of here, you little scamp, okay? 
I'm not buying anything more off you. So, and then we asked him for a photo for like Bance, you know, we were like, get a photo with the guy who robbed us. And he said, nah, I don't really do photos, but if you buy me a beer, I'll do one. And I said, why don't you buy yourself a beer with the money you stole from us? Okay. Jesus. He couldn't, like, he, he, he kept trying to like, just scoot past the fact he robbed us. But anyway, couldn't stay mad at him. And I bloody tried, but he was fucking, he was pretty, he was pretty bloody charming. So anyway, that was pretty fun. And then, yeah, we went out a couple more times in Jaco. Bit of a fucking wretched town, to be honest, guys. Bit bloody how you going in Jaco. The weather was great. Beach was sick. We made some fun friends at the hostel. We, we hung out with this Canadian fella, Samir, on the last night. Dude, this guy, I've never seen a guy just hop in. I've never seen a guy like who looked like he wouldn't really be about doing drugs, just absolutely get into his work. The guy's eyeballs were pretty much pressed up against his glasses by the end of the night out. So good on him. And yeah, we hung out with the Swiss guys a fair bit and stuff like that. And that was pretty much the end of the trip. Um, We went to San Jose because then I had to fly back to LA. Maka was flying back to Arizona. And we did this on the last night, which our mate Gil told us about. It's a great idea. Just last night, treat yourself to like a big steak dinner or, you know, whatever cuisine you're into, but just really treat yourself on the last night. You know, throw down a bit of a bit of cash, a few colognes. And uh, we had like the sickest steak meal at this like Argentinian restaurant or some shit in San Jose. San Jose is also just a wretched town. And, uh, and yeah, reminisced on some of the good times. We did like awards, like just me and Becca. Like we did like awards for the trip as in like biggest pelican we met, biggest vessel we met, worst hostel, best hostel, just sort of reminiscing about the trip. So fun. Went to the airport, gave Macra a hug. That was the end of that. And uh, and yeah, that was the end of the trip. So I hope you enjoyed some of the yarns from it. Um, I enjoy telling them. So, so how good's that, you know? Okay, up next... A news item that is of the utmost importance to this podcast and its ethos. You know, it's not a news-based podcast, get around me, nor should it be, as I don't really know much about anything, but sometimes a story will come across my desk that I simply must cover. Last week, it came to light that Australian cricket legend, spin bowling gun Stuart McGill has been arrested for allegedly, okay, free my guy, allegedly supplying a significant amount of cocaine in the one to two kilo quantity. Now, Stuart McGill was kidnapped last year by people who alleged he got caught up in some sort of a thing where someone stole like a brick of cocaine from them. And Stuart McGill maintained his innocence. He said he had nothing to do with the drug deal, nor did he know anything about it. And he went on a current affair afterwards and did a big expose about how he was not at fault and it was just because he knew a guy who like knew them and he he had nothing to do with it. So now it's come out that really the kidnapping was probably related uh, to the fact that Stuart McGill actually did have his fingerprints on this on this cocaine deal, okay? And let's be honest, this makes more sense than Stuart McGill's version of events. You know, you don't just kidnap someone who has nothing to do with something, traditionally. And, and that's coming from a man who's never kidnapped anyone. So take that with a grain of salt. But if I'm going to kidnap someone, which is a pretty dramatic thing to do, 
And they, you know, they took him out to some farm. They stripped him naked. They beat the shit out of him. You know, the full works, okay? You're kidnapping with the works. I'm going to have that person, at the very least, be related to the incident I'm kidnapping them for, okay? This narrative that, you know, he just had a few beers with the guy one time and knew nothing about it, I don't know, Stu. So that did pique my interest at the time. Though I'll, I'll say when he broke down in tears on a current affair, that was extremely convincing from the great man. So what I think has happened is Stuart McGill, and this is alleged, and I'm literally making this up as we go. Okay, just a bit of fun here. Trace, don't come for me, all right? No one needs to kidnap me. I'm not involved. But I think what's happened here is I think Stuart McGill has come across. You know, Stuart McGill, I don't want to speak out of school, but few of my mates know him. He's a bit of a, you know, enjoys his grog, enjoys throwing shit up his nose sometimes, allegedly, okay, allegedly. And he sort of, you know, he, he owns and operates a Greek restaurant for a period of time. Do you know what I mean? So this is, you know, there's a few red flags here as far as drug trafficking. I think what's happened is potentially Big Stew has come across a brick of cocaine. And, you know, sometimes investment opportunities will pop up in your life. I think what's happened here is he's come across a brick of cocaine between one to two kilos in quantity. I think him and his mate have gone to sell it off to these blokes who later kidnapped him. I reckon he's bowled them a wrong and either given them, you know, either he's cut it with a bit of OMO or he's just, you know, he's not delivered on the full quantity Potentially some of it accidentally got lost up his nose and then he sold he sold the rest of it to someone else, sort of doubling up on the profits, okay? The old bait and switch, the old round the back, okay? I think these guys have got wind of this, that they've bought a kilo of cocaine, which is, you know, half flour from the Greek restaurant or whatever, and they've gone, fucking hell, Stu, we're not having this, mate. They've kidnapped him, they've beat the shit out of him and, you know, maybe Stu held the fort Maybe he threw his mate under the bus. Who's to say? Okay. But that seems like the most likely scenario here. Okay. Because like I said, it's very rare, while it is possible, but it is very rare that people get kidnapped and beaten for absolutely no reason. Okay. Say what you want about kidnappers, but usually they're sort of straight shooters when it comes to this sort of thing. So... Pretty good, pretty good. I read that Stewie McGill could be looking at some pretty serious time for this, upwards of life. So I don't know how much a kilo of cocaine goes for, but when I saw life in prison, I was thinking, fucking hell, lads, come on, he's not El Chapo. But then if you do the maths on a kilo of cocaine, one gram is $300, okay? How many grams in a kilo? A thousand or a hundred? I'm not 100% sure, and that is fucking key. But let's say it's a 1,000. I'm, I'm leaning towards a 1,000. A 1,000 times 300 is 300 grand, okay? Plus, God forbid, you throw a bit of fucking, you know, God knows whatever else in there. I don't know if anyone's done cocaine in Sydney before, but it's about a one in three chance you will actually receive cocaine. So, you know, when you fucking cut up with all the rest of it, let's say... Let's double that up. You're probably looking at a 600 grand brick. Now, keep in mind, I have just made all of that up, but that's really the only maths we've got to work with here. So 600K life in prison. I mean, 600K is not even really that much. That gets you half an apartment 
in one of the shittier northern beach and suburbs I hail from. So I don't know, dude. This is crazy. But the best part about this is Stu's already gone on a current affair and given it the fucking sob story saying, I can't believe any of this is happening. Now he can double up and go back on a current affair and be like, right, listen up here, Trace. Here's the real story. Okay. So that's pretty smart. Uh, Apart from that, I read in the article, it says earlier this year, Mr. McGill, which is hilarious, dude. Mr. McGill sounds like a freaking sitcom character who he'd be like over your back fence giving you hilarious quips or something you know mr mcgill (laughs) anyway mr mcgill was cleared okay he was cleared of using intimidating and offensive language to a bar manager at the argyle in the rocks now i've been to the argyle before and they charge 45 dollars entry on saturday nights so as far as i'm concerned There's not one person on the planet who should be doing any sort of time for intimidating an Argyle bar manager, okay? Because they're that brand of bar manager. You know, hospitality managers where if they work at like a fancy enough bar, they think it's a real job. You ever come across one of those guys? Honestly, I'm with McGiller on that one, okay? So that's fine. Clean and clear. And I would hope that the judge presiding over his cocaine dealing case doesn't let the Argyle incident cloud his judgment. Because for me, that's no harm, no foul. But what about this? If I told you at the start of 2020, what if I told you at the start of 2020 that by the end of 2023, Warney is dead and Stuart McGill, you know, his second in command, is most likely in the slammer for life? How surprised would you be? And I know what you're thinking, yeah, Bill, this is crazy. But I want you to really think about that, Okay. Warney, as much as I love him, as much as I love him, and I love him more than anyone, his diet was poor. In fact, I don't think it could really be worse. In fact, it it was unbelievable the shape he was in considering his diet, okay? So think about that. And McGill, you know, I sort of had the inside all on McGill for a few years now that he was a bit nefarious and he had some bad habits as far as what he put into his body. So I'm telling you guys, honestly, I don't know, dude. I don't know, okay? And poor McGilla, Warney, you know, Warney, I was going to say finally dies. That is shocking. Warney dies horrifically early, okay? Four decades early. But McGilla's probably thinking, well, at least I can finally get a bit of the spotlight now. Now when people need an iconic leg spinner at their cricket function, maybe I'll actually get a fucking look in. And now what? A year later, McGilla's going to be locked up in the slammer doing 30 years, okay? So the, the great man can't catch a break. Um, and yeah, I don't know. This is just a tough pill for McGilla and uh, everyone here at Get Around Me, we wish him the best. Okay. And that is the official stance of the podcast regarding Stuart McGill's, uh, charge of dealing a significant amount of cocaine. The official stance of this podcast is we wish him the best. Okay. Now, something else came to light. Neighbours has returned. If you remember, very Australia are these news topics. Neighbours has returned. It was cancelled. Amazon saved it. It's returning on Channel 10 and 10 Peach in Australia and Amazon Freev or Freeview in the US and the UK, which I'm not sure what that is. But anyway, Neighbours is back, right? I can't believe it. Uh, First episode back, it started with a wedding. But what about this? It's a two-year time jump. 
from the last episode, the finale of Neighbours. We left with Toadie marrying some chick from the neighborhood, okay? You want to talk about, you know, Taitu Ivasa, FTA, from the area. You want to talk about a guy who's genuinely from the area is Toadie. Toadie fucking Rebecca from Neighbours. That guy only hits up broads from his street, okay? Locals only. He fucking means it, dude. He's married like five chicks and they've all lived on Ramsey Street, okay? That's FTA. That's from the area. So what about this though? Two-year time jump. Another wedding, okay? Toadie's marrying someone, a different woman. This bloke, Toadie, is not bad, is he? This guy, for one of the greatest five out of tens this great nation has ever seen, he does more rooting than anyone I've ever come across. It's unbelievable. I don't know how he does it. So, so yeah, he's getting married to a different bird two, two years later. Can anyone keep up? Because I simply can't. And here's the thing with Neighbours that all the actors wanted the show to keep going. And Toadie was the main guy. He was blowing up saying the package they did about Neighbours at the Logies wasn't long enough. There's not enough respect. No wonder Toadie wanted the show to keep going. This creep just wants to keep smooching middle-aged Australian actresses. Okay? He's thinking, fuck yeah, dude, we're back. Keep the birds coming. I'm not sure if this fella has no roots in real life or what, but he is absolutely ravenous. Is he? Has Toadie got his hands on these scripts? Because what the fuck, dude? I've never seen a show where some 5 out of 10 with zero charisma just boot scoots his way through the neighborhood like it's no one's business. Um, but I read an article. Do the Stuart McGill and Neighbours Return is by far the most research I've ever done uh, for anything on this podcast. But I read an article, Jackie Woodburn, who plays Susan, she said, and I quote, Neighbours is returning, and you know what that means. There's going to be a lot of good drama, end quote. Okay, so absolutely, if you're not already running for your television, I don't know what's wrong with you, okay? Now, Paul Robinson is back, and the guy who plays Paul Robinson, I don't know his name, but fuck me, he keeps himself in good nick, doesn't he? Lid looks unbelievable. He must moisturize like an absolute, you know... Like his life depends on it, which I guess it kind of does when your your income is from a Channel 10 sitcom or drama, I should say, because that lighting can be quite harsh. I think we all saw Harold in his later years on the show. Let's be honest. Great guy. Great character. He looked like shit. Okay. He looked pretty much dead by the end. Poor Harold. Let's fucking ease up on this lighting. And, you know, Paul Robinson, he's back into his work. Everyone's investigating Russell Brand at the moment. I wouldn't mind seeing Channel 4 do a hit piece on Paul Robinson. My God, dude. Okay. But this was actually pretty exciting. And banter aside, guys, let's get serious for a second here. Misha Barton is on the show. Famous uh, for playing Marissa on the OC, which I watched during lockdown. And... She's on Neighbours some 23 years later, or what have you. I think the OC was 2001. Double check that. I've just made it up. But yeah, dude, Misha Barton, tough pill, babe. Tough pill on Neighbours, and you're not even on Neighbours when Neighbours is cranking. You know, to be on Neighbours, it's funny how some stuff is like a career high point for some people and like rock bottom for others. You know, Toadie, he's thinking, fuck yeah, dude, we're back. Poor Misha Barton, you know, she's on Neighbours and not even when Neighbours was relevant, you know? And think about 
where's Declan or, or the guy who played Stingray? I bet those boys would love to be back on the show. We haven't really heard from them since. So I saw an article, Misha Barton, she carried herself well in this article. She said she's really excited. She said they've been asking her to do it for years. So I don't know, did Misha Barton just never really kick after the OC? In my mind, she's like a fully-fledged Hollywood star, but maybe not. And she said that her character actually falls in love with one of the characters. So, fucking hell. I tell you what, if Toadie gets his hands on Misha Barton, I'm going to be pulling my fucking hair out, dude. If that jammy bastard ends up macking on with Misha Barton, dear Lord, okay? Maybe Dr. Carl, probably going to be Paul Robinson, let's be honest. Imagine Dr. Carl gets Misha Barton because, mate, you can never count Dr. Carl out. I remember when he was knocking boots with prime Natalie Bassingthwaite and he was like 58, dude. So you can never count out Dr. Carl. I wouldn't be surprised. Imagine Dr. Carl rocks up and he thinks he's got another year of Smooch and Susan on camera, you know, which is fine. She's a lovely lady. And imagine you read the script and you go, holy fucking shit, is this a sex scene with Misha Barton? Dude abso fucking lootly you know. No wonder these guys wanted to come back so bad. And uh, I read an article where all the regular actors said that it was an easy decision to return to the show. And it's like, was it, lads? <laughs> was it an easy decision? What, the decision between unemployment and making shitloads of cash? Was that a tough one, was it? Was that a real head-scratcher? <laughs> so anyway, all right, all right. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me, dude. But anyway, Neighbours is back, and it's back in a big way. So it's four days a week, 4.30 on Channel 10, or 6.30 on 10 Peach. Twice in one day, you can catch the replay. So that's pretty exciting, I guess. I think some stuff should just die. You know, like I said at the start of the episode, I'm watching Star Wars at the moment. In Star Wars, no one ever fucking dies, and it pisses me off. You know, blokes will get their head lopped off with a lightsaber. And the next episode, they're like, what's happening, guys? How can I help? And he's just got like, they just reattach his head. That's what it feels like with Neighbours. It's like, mate, 40 fucking years, just let it die. You know? Let's see if uh, if old mate Toadie is so passionate to keep this thing going once he's retired with five investment properties. You know? Anyway. All right. A couple of things here to end. What have we got going on? Okay. So the, I want to do the project, and then I want to briefly talk about the UFC. So the project, as we know, is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent, killing it here and abroad. This week, football-related, okay? The Ballon d'Or nominations came out, or the FIFA Awards or whatever they are. Nominated for Coach of the Year, Ange Postacoglu, Australia's own. Currently managing Tottenham, was managing Celtic. Just absolutely fucking leaving the English media in stitches, this bloke. Ange Postacoglu. He's quipping it up all over the world, dude. And we love to see it, okay? And Ange Postacoglu is quite inspirational, dude, because he was in the A-League. He was in the Japanese leagues. He might have coached some random Saudi team at some point. Double check that. I just made it up. But my God, dude, from, from Celtic to, to Tottenham, the bloke's absolutely on fucking fire. Okay, not to mention his Socceroos stint. And I don't know how old he is, maybe 60. But never give up on your dreams. This bloke just keeps chugging away. And it's fucking awesome to see. And on that note, speaking of the Ballon d'Or, 
Haley Razzo, patron saint of the pod, and Sam Kerr, patron saint of this nation, are nominated for best women's player on the planet. And Sam Kerr has been runner-up twice before. Five of the nine Ballon d'Or nominations Australians have received in history are Sam Kerr. So you tell me, dude, okay? You tell me. I don't even know. Now, I'm not really across women's football to the extent where I, I would know if these girls have any chance of winning. Hayley Razzo, I mean, she plays for City and had an electric World Cup. I would, and keep in mind, I'm thinking out loud, I honestly think Hayley Razzo has a better chance than Sam Kerr because I do think with this stuff, it does matter, especially in a World Cup year, it does matter how your World Cup went. Sam Kerr, obviously, she scored that screamer, but let's be honest, she didn't really play much at all. And the time she did play, she was sort of injured getting by. Whereas Hayley Razzo had an electric World Cup. I don't really follow her Man City career, but I don't know. Let's let's assume she's going fucking sick at Man City. She just signed for Real Madrid. Mate, I don't know, okay? I'm just saying that if you see Hayley Razzo with the Ballon d'Or, don't be fucking surprised. And if the following week I open the podcast in tears, don't be surprised about that either. So that is absolutely phenomenal for the girls. And Ange, go nuts, okay? Go nuts. And then quick shout out, Sky Nicholson, female boxer who I love. Uh, She won the interim IBF WBC who gives a fuck title on the weekend. I don't really understand how boxing works at all. She was fighting for an interim world title, right? She was the challenger and she was paying $1.09. So... Either boxing is corrupt or this champion was the worst champion in all of history. I saw the face off. It looked like Sky was boxing my nan. It looked like my dead nan, not my alive one in Perth. I called her. I said, Nan, are you about to box Sky Nicholson for the interim WBC world title? She said, no, I'm I'm knitting. I said, okay, that makes sense. So now, now I'm thinking my dead nan on the East Coast has risen to box Sky Nicholson for this interim title in Mexico. I mean, I don't know what happens in boxing, dude. It's a very bizarre sport. But Sky Nicholson wins uh, via some decision. She's an absolute decision machine. What about this, though? This is of note. Her opponent, her opponent's husband died of a heart attack during the fight. So then at the end of the fight, she's just, I don't know what the score was. At the end of the fight, they... They're announcing the winner. They tap her on the shoulder and say, you actually need to come with us. They, they're putting the strap on Sky Nicholson while her opponent is out the back finding out her husband is dead. And he was alive before the fight. I don't even know, dude. Okay? I don't even know. But that is wild. Okay? Anyway, just quickly, I'd like to talk about the UFC on the weekend because I was personally affected by it. And, you know... I looked at a freaking I looked at a freaking map of the solar system the other day, guys. Don't believe you, what you hear. We do not revolve around the sun. I can assure you the world revolves around one Billy Michael Darcy. So UFC Noche, the Mexican Independence Day event on the weekend. Australian Jack Della Maddalena. I guess we're still on the project. He won. Pretty boring fight, Jack. Good on you, brother. Okay. I was on the knockout. As I was under the impression. It was a sanctioned mixed martial arts fight, okay? I guess no one told the lads. It was sort of a sparring match. Jack Della looked great. Kevin Holland, 
didn't really want to bring the fight. Whatever, we'll take the decision and we'll continue marching into the top 10. I love JDM, Don Giacomo himself. Fuck yeah, dude. Okay. So I can put that to the side. I'm happy to lose money supporting Australians. It's probably what I'm best at. Okay. The main event, Valentina, the bullet Shevchenko. I love her. Okay. Flyweight title in the women's. She's got a gun tattooed to her hip. She's always strapped, dude. Always strapped. Stay strapped. Stay safe. Okay. And she was a long-running UFC champion, UFC flyweight goat. She got subbed by Alexa Grasso earlier in the year. What is it, September? It must have been early in the year. And I like the long-running UFC champions because I hate change, okay? I hate it. I've, I hate, I've hated every change that's ever come my way in life, every single one. And then like two weeks later, I'm like, this is actually fine, Okay. But, you know, when Kamara Usman, Izzy, the Volk, when they were just running the gaff for like two years, everything made sense, you know? The Volk, it, it like a, a, a pay-per-view where it's like the Volk fighting the Korean zombie with like Valentina as co-main and I'm re-watching Scrubs during that period of my life. It's like, oh, everything makes sense to me. Everything is in the correct box, you know? I just feel safe with that sort of thing, okay? So I go to Clavelli Beach. I went European. Uh, there was a mishap at the beach. I was so hungover. I thought I brought boardies, but I didn't. So I had to go in, in my undies in front of some of the hottest chicks I've ever seen in my life. Whatever, the water was cold. Shut up, okay? Everyone just shut the fuck up. We get a great spot at the pub and I'm rolling, dude, okay? I'm rolling. I'm four legs in on a five-leg multi, Valentina is my last leg outright, okay? Then I take the money I won from that stupid kid, Raul Rosas Jr., and I throw that all on Valentina points, okay? So I'm all in, stand to win about 300 bucks. Valentina is the fifth leg outright, Valentina points, okay? It's a great fight, all right? It's an unbelievable fight. Valentina is looking real good. I got her up 3-1 going into the fifth. I could hear 2-2, but at the same time, I don't really know. Fifth round, Alexa Grasso wins, but it's hotly contested, okay? Valentina is piecing her up for like three and a half minutes. Last minute and a half, Alexa almost subs her. It's Alexa's round, okay? Fine, it's Alexa's round, all right? Fine, it's Alexa's round. One of the judges... Well, at the same time, I want to just give you a vibe going into the decision. I'm not saying I was confident going into the decision, but I was looking at properties on the South Coast, okay? That's all I'll say. So yeah, dude, I was feeling fucking confident. Valentina 3-2. Anyway, one of the judges gave a 10-8 to fucking Alexa in the fifth, which is egregious, changing history forever. And you know, people talk about the fighters, the history of the sport, you know, the coaches, the freaking, the this, the that. The, now who's next? Are they going to do a trilogy? Everything has been thrown out of whack because of this egregious judging decision. No one talks about the punters, okay? No one talks about the real people affected, you know? I now have to eat tuna and rice for the week for lunch because of this, okay? Even further exacerbating the issue, later that afternoon, I had a pizza followed by a porto because of the emotional grievance I was feeling. Okay, further in the hole. No one talks about this. Okay, no one talks about this. 
So my landlord, it's rent this week. Who's going to break the news to him? You know what I mean? Who's going to break the news to the big fella that there's something dead in the laundry? And also, fuck you, dude. Okay? If, if judges in Nevada shouldn't be held accountable for their decisions, why should I be held accountable for mine? So absolute disaster in the end. I was robbed. Absolutely fucking robbed. And uh, that was that. So, okay, whatever. Sorry to finish on a negative note. That was supposed to be a bit of light UFC banter. And I appear to have been become quite worked up about it. But yeah, dude, that is the podcast for this week. Got Rowan coming up next. A lot of lighthearted banter. Talking about Russell Brand's rape allegations. Another one of my heroes hits the dust. But apart from that, dude, hope you enjoyed it. Nothing a plug. Not No big shows coming up for me. I'm just eating shit at open mics, working on next year's show. So plenty happening. Plenty happening. Hope summer's treating you well. And fuck yeah, dude. Thanks for listening. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. All right, legends. Welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me in an episode that almost wasn't. In an episode where it was off. Everyone said there's no chance this happens. The Irish Wolfhound could not howl yesterday. <laughs> you can hear him coughing. The The big fella was down. He wasn't sure if he was getting a bit ill. He wasn't sure if it was the four days of incessant vaping, but he had lost his voice, his tool. My tool. We had a carpenter in this home with no hammer. Okay. A plumber with no wrench, etc., dude. But then today he woke up feeling good. How are you, Rowan? I'm back, baby. Those dulcet tones. Those dulcet tones. Yeah, it's a bit much for sure, but um, you get used to it. Now, what's the goss, mate? You're sick or? I think, well, I think Saturday, I woke up on Sunday, bit, bit bad in the vocal region. Bit Adele, bit Lady Gaga. You know how it is. How is it, mate? If you create too much breathtaking art, your voice leaves you for a little bit. Is that to give someone else a turn? Mate. Is that to make space for some other voices? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make r- space for the re- rest of fringe season. Um, but yeah, I lost my voice. I tried to do stand-up comedy last night. Billy was there. It was a bit fucking unbecoming with my incredibly raspy voice. Uh, look, mate, candidly, I would say... The issue. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. You're saying that it was the, the tough part was your voice. The, the half worked out bits were also a bit tough. I would say also the stuff they could hear. Some of it. I mean, I would argue that with your new white Muslim bit, the issue, the issue was actually your voice was too clear. I love how your your voice was only giving out on like your reliable older bits, and then you're like taking a massive risk on this white Muslim thing, and you're just crystal clear through the microphone. <laughs> Mate. Did you hear me at the back after that white Muslim thing? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I was cacking, dude. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, big swings. Mate. I love big swings on a Monday. It is hilarious to become a white Muslim. Everyone hates white Muslims. Dude, I remember we watched uh, we watched this doco in, um, in, yeah, religion class in high school. And it was all about the Hajj, you know, the, the, the great yeah. pilgrimage. And there was like three different people doing the Hajj, and it was like a Muslim guy, 
maybe an African guy and then a white woman from America mm. who had just converted to Islam. Excellent. And she was like, uh, I can't remember her reason, but because she was Christian for years and then there was something to do with the Abrahamic God or something. I don't know what was going on, but it didn't make sense to her and Islam made way more sense to her. And she was like, ever since I found Islam, I just love it. Like everything about it, you know, my life is for the better. And then um, we're watching the doco and she went to the the Wailing Wall or whatever. <laughs> And um, they all threw stones at her. She went to Mecca and just got bullied. She went to Mecca and got bullied hardcore. <laughs> Dude, crazy to spend like your savings for the year on a trip to get bullied. So good. Well, that well, I could do that, but I, f- I have a feeling they would respect me. You think? You, what is that? Just based on vibe or vibe? Obviously. Yeah, yeah. and I will say that even before we got to Mecca with this chick, it was like just shut the fuck <laughs> up. You know, she wasn't there. To, do you know what she was there? She was there to go to Mecca, but she wasn't there to hang. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't there to actually hang with the the Muslim fellas, you know. She wasn't down to chill. She wasn't down to chill. She was all about, you know, player one, looking after numero uno. Mm. And I think the lads caught on to her. And also probably a little bit of racism. I'd say a dash of racism on top, but, you know, let's dance around that. Rowan, what's happening with you, mate? It's good to see you. Not much. Just summer. Summer's here. I got to say we're shirtless right now. You could probably, obviously, it's an audio medium. But you could probably, as soon as you press play on this part of the pod, you were just like, Jesus. Yep. Pink nips in the house. Feel it through the fucking airwaves. So good. Dude, Andrew Tate, this is what he is going for when he does those shirtless videos. <laughs> this is what he's going for. Like, this is what he has in mind. Mm. Um, so it's good. There's definitely a lot of machismo in the room. And we had a pretty sick weekend. Uh, dude, I'll say this on Sunday. We had a bit of a shocker, sort of, not really. We rebounded. We rebounded hard. We tried to go to Clavelli Beach. Brutal. Brutal. We. It's so brutal when it's like you're there, but you could. We couldn't stop. We couldn't stop. It was fucking bush. I my car. I had to bail on looking for parking because my car ran out of petrol. We, yeah, we I was dro- like, I don't have another lap in me. I need to head to the server now. We literally looked for a park for 45 minutes at Clavelli Beach. I'm so hungover. I'm mm. dead to the world. After the first 15 minutes, I wanted to say, drop me off here. Yeah. I thought, fuck this guy. Fuck his car. <laughs> I'll get the bus back. And then it got, thank God, your, your car uses petrol at such an aggressive rate. <laughs> yeah. That you actually just ran out at one point and you're like, I guess I'll just drop you here. And I was like, oh, well, mate, you know, that's the only option. Was the only option. I just, and then I just had to call someone and be like, fuck the fucking Eastern suburbs. Fuck it. I got, I'm just going to have to go home. Um, but I, I did find a park eventually. Dude, it was crazy. We were park. We were trying to park like 20 minutes away from the beach. We were trying to park at Coogee Beach. We were so far away from Clavelli, we ended up near another beach. It was like there was just nothing. Don't even try to drive to the beach in the eastern suburbs. That's where we found out. Well, I've been going to Bronte and Tamarama all the time. No problem. Just scooting in. But it was everyone in this city was just feeling the heat. Everyone was excited. I saw about 75 people getting out of their car. And every single time I was like, oh, they're getting in their car. And they're like, oh, no, they're getting out of their car. Fuck, what's was, going on? There was a lot of that. And why would? And also, we went down there maybe 11 a.m. Yeah. Why would anyone be getting in their car at 11 a.m.? I know. At Clavelli Beach. Mate, we were disrespected. But it was a great result for me, mate. I'll tell you what, Clavelli Beach is pretty fucking European down there. Yeah, well, <laughs> Billy was going, went for a swim in his undies. Oh, yeah, I made it more European, <laughs> I forgot. I was referring to all the topless women, but... um. 
Dude, yeah, Clavelli Beach, I embarrassed myself in front of said women because I was so hungover. I get down there with Marky and I realize I'm not even wearing boardies. Mm. I'm wearing cotton shorts. <laughs> so now you just got like this hungover, like bright white Irish descendant just like crawling into the ocean going like, I need this. Billy woke up on Sunday with some regrets. Some regrets? <laughs> uh, Other you, feelings? W- would you say a possibly unnecessary session that you- Got in on Saturday? Yeah, well, I basically zigged when I should have zagged Saturday yeah. night. And that's that. That's that. That's that. Okay. I I went back to the Gladi after I had a gig to meet Rowan and Freddie. And you guys weren't even there anymore. Mm. And I could have easily gone home. Mm. And I didn't. And next thing you know, I'm at Vic on the Park with Dane Simpson going, fuck, how good's this? <laughs> <laughs> But, mate, you know, good weekend all up. Uh, I will say, mate, chalk another one off the list. A male comedian I admire is down. Oh, true, yeah. Down in a big way. Yeah. If Billy admires you, you have sexually assaulted someone (laughs) and no one knows about it yet. Dude, I tell you this. I feel like the worst part about these allegations with these male comedians is... I also have to publicly admit that I like their comedy. Yeah, yeah. No one no one in the stand-up world is like, Russell Brand, that guy's so cool at comedy. But I love Russell Brand, past tense. Like, forgetting Sarah Marshall, Hilarious. I love it. I read his first three books. It's just about him having shitloads of sex, which hasn't aged that well. But at the time, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. This is sick, you know? Um, I mean- yeah, but the big fella, he's got some rape allegations, not looking too good. I was in the car when Billy found out and it brought a smile to my face, that's for sure. I was like, oh, Russell Brand? Yeah, never really been a fan. Nice. And Billy, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. It was on the way to Clavelli Beach. Yeah. Marky's like, yeah, it doesn't look good at all. <laughs> and I was like, I was thinking, oh, well, I don't know. What, what's that guy get up to anymore anyway? Like, he's just like a YouTuber now mm. these days, so he'll probably be fine. And then I was on news.com.au today to like look for some stories for the podcast. And it was just the whole homepage was Russell Brand. And I was like, oh, I think this guy's like hardcore fucked. Like crazy dude. I saw Billy did something that I've also done in the past. It's when you see a list of allegations, you get someone tells you a list of allegations, you pinpoint onto the weakest one immediately <laughs> and go, emotional abuse? Let's hear more about that. And you're like, let's more hear more about the sexual assault of a minor. Yeah. yeah. I'm scrolling literally for two pages. I'm yeah. like, well, hang on a minute. Emotional abuse. <laughs> yeah. like- Dude, it's so funny. Um, firstly, when this stuff comes out, it just reminds you as well, you're like, you're like, oh, that's right. I've never met this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you like know someone because you like read their book or listen to their podcast or mm. or, or you just, you're like, this guy couldn't be a bad guy. I like him. Yeah. He made me smile. Yeah. Plenty. <laughs> you're like, fuck. That's not really how it works. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, as far as- um, Also, we've like met people that we've admired and been like, oh, in real life, they're an absolute fucking loser. Oh, Like yeah. as well. So, we should be more wary of it. I mean- We've all had a beer with Arj Barker and uh, <laughs> but, uh, love him, love him. Never meet your heroes. Never meet your heroes. But dude, uh, yeah, the Russell Brand thing. I tell you what, for a guy who's got these rape allegations, he's off the back of like four books he released that are all about just him rooting. Every movie, he's just played a guy who loves to root. 
He was named Shagger of the Year in like the Daily Mail. As soon as I see a white guy rocking one of those brightly coloured kind of like Indian shirts that comes down very deep. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I think no. If, I honestly do believe if a V-neck gets low enough, you should automatically get a rape allegation. Well, yeah, it's- You're- In their own weird way, they're trying to tell the world. Yeah. Everyone's trying to get something off their chest. Yeah. And they're, they're, I mean, they've literally got their chest open going like, please, someone please. bring it up. The funny thing about forgetting Sarah Marshall was there's this scene where Kristen Bell goes like, that's freaking- that's uh th- that tattoo's Hindu, that's Christian, that's Muslim, and that doesn't make you a person of the world. That just makes you full of shit. And I'm pretty sure they're his real they're tattoos. His real tattoos, yeah. <laughs> you know that got like riffed on the day or like yeah. written in. Like that would be so hurtful. But dude, um Russell Brand came out and uh also, dude, yeah, I'm obviously off the Russell Brand train now. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, well, the good thing if about- If that wasn't abundantly clear. Yeah. The good thing about Russell Brand, from his perspective, is that he's been saying the mainstream media is full of lies for years. So, for him, it's like, well, I guess I'll just keep saying the same thing a bit more personally. Yeah. And, mate, he came out swinging hard with that. We actually watched his- Freddie made a good point. Freddie watched his response video and he, he goes, he looks a bit terrified in his eyes. Yeah, definitely. He goes, the words are convincing, but if you look into his eyes and mate, Russell Brand, he's come out with this thing where he goes, the mainstream media, it's all a, a massive conspiracy to get me. But like you've said, mate, he's been talking about this anyway for about five years. So now it's just kind of like- And it's also like, Russell, you're not that big of a threat. I That's what I was thinking- because, like, that's the other thing with Russell Brand is I was a fan of his when he was in films and doing stand-up comedy, which, in actual fact, was about a decade ago. Yeah. The bloke's been on the tube uncovering the truth for quite some time. And he was like, they, they know I'm too close. They don't want me to continue my work. And it's like, I didn't realize he was sort of this hard in the paint. I thought he still had one arm in the comedy world. Mm. But I don't think he's been silly for ages. Well, he's pretty fucking silly with his vocabulary, if you ask me. Yeah. Let's cut down the word count, Mr. Uh, these allegations. I am shocked to see these allegations metastasized. 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 When he said that in his rape response video, I was like, okay, enough with the fucking yeah. hoopla. What's in this hand? Well, I've got yeah. this one behind your ear. Yeah, yeah. Just tell me whether or not you rape these yeah. people, Russ. Okay. The time for the th- thesaurus was eight years ago. The met- metastasizing of these allegations and you're like all right brother chill 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 yeah yeah yeah. fuck and uh that's the good thing about russell brad i will say if you're if you find yourself in the uncomfortable position of being a fan of yet another rapist (laughs) (laughs) um the good thing about russell brad is he had the fucking common courtesy to become like a conspiracy youtuber for about eight years Mm. um distancing himself from any of the work you once you yeah. once enjoyed. Yeah, that's true. Um, before this came out. Yeah, so- So, I haven't been on the train for ages. You know, easy to get off on a, a train. Uh, you've sort of half been on for a while, but- My boss was like, oh, but what- So, what can they- How do they know that these people aren't just lying? And I'm like, well, I guess the court will work that out, I guess. Um, do, did you read any of what the- He's like, no. Are they bad? <laughs> Mate, they're just making this up because he's left wing. And I was like- yeah, yeah, I'd give it a geese before um saying this shit too loudly around anyone but me. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. I wouldn't go too, too, too hard, too early. 
Next time you want to bring this up, make sure the Makita is absolutely blasting behind you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, 16-year-old <and> <laughs> left his house to go straight to a crisis center. Yeah. I'm not completely sure. <laughs> I saw this one article, though. Like, what? Like, if he doesn't go to prison, or, like, apart from the criminal allegations, like, I saw this stuff, people being like, he's cancelled, this is the end of Russell Brand. It's like, he's already on Rumble. Yeah, yeah. That's where- People who've actually that's where that's where cancelled people go. Yeah, he's pretty set up for it. He's been setting himself up for yeah, it for years. He's like a doomsday prepper. Yeah. And they're like they're like, oh, nuclear holocaust. And he's like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? His his cupboard is filled to the brim with pickled shit. Yeah. No no one was more ready for this, it seemed like. Yeah. So it's good that you oh, told me- I was going to say, I don't really know how to put a bow tie on this- uh, it, You said Sloss was on some documentary, just being like, yeah, he's a fucking creep, mate. Oh, yeah. So, Sloss, um, I haven't watched the thing, but I think there's like a whole um, doco or something, like a mini doco type thing that Channel 4 did. And I don't know, I guess, uh, I can't speak to the doco, I haven't seen it, but Sloss is on there and he's like, years everyone knew. Oh, nice. And, he, mate, and Sloss doesn't give a fuck, dude. Like, he... um, And I'll tell you what, don't meet your heroes. I actually have met Daniel Sloss. He's a fucking legend. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, wild for Daniel Sloss to just pop up in this. Mate, I would love to be rich and famous and just talk that much shit on people. Like, I've definitely got a, a, a list of like... But my list is just personal grievances and pelicans. Like, I... Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not like harboring a criminal. Yeah, but I still would release some industry secrets for sure. Oh, fuck yeah. Dude. I would, if I'd sloss money, I'd be like, yeah, this person everyone knows is a creep. This person everyone knows is with the biggest smile on my face. Oh, wouldn't you just love to? Because they're always the people that like have a very like Mr. Good Boy, aren't I a silly boy? Sort of, um, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of silly boys who we continue to find out they're just not as silly as advertised, <laughs> yeah, not nearly <laughs> as silly, actually, quite fucking serious and intense, actually. Well, yeah, <laughs> they're actually not silly at all, yeah. Put them one on one with a woman in a room, they won't be that silly at all. It's yeah, crazy, yeah, yeah. The, the fucking salmon hat really, <laughs> <laughs> I know how many silly bow ties you can wear, it's still yeah. pretty fucking aggressive, one on one, yeah, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just good to have a bit of banter about really horrific things. Um, but yeah, mate, what else is happening with you? That's sort of the story of the day. Mate, finals footy. I think I'm going to take the weekend off um, this, my beautiful throat. I am Adele. I must take care of it. And mate, uh, you did do an unscheduled seven minute spot on Friday night. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's- That a, probably took it out of me. I think that pushed you over the edge. Yep. I um, Two Ubers. That'll take it out of a man. Oh, we went to that drag show. That was great. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, that was the thing. Mate, Friday night got away from us. W- me and Billy just could not just walk around this city without catching a vibe everywhere we went. Okay, so here's the deal. If you're a fully-fledged citizen of the world and you're walking home at 1 a.m. and you see a drag show pop up in the bar to your left and it's free to go in and you live within a 10-minute walk of home, that's live performance. You have to go in. You have to go in. Dude, if you don't go in to a free drag show at 1am in this scenario where you're probably thinking about having another beer anyway, mm-hmm. it was touch and go as to whether we have that next beer, that last beer, and then a drag show pops up out of nowhere for free. If you don't go in, dude, you 
pretty much support One Nation. Yeah, you're homophobic for sure. 100%. You do not support the LGBT rights. You voted no. You voted no. Regardless of what your postal slip said. (laughs) Dude, repost. (laughs) I can support the queer community and support my own alcoholism in one beautiful movement into a pub. Oh, my God. Multitasking. Multitasking. Then get a butter chicken kebab on the way home. Oh, my God. The city was alive for us. Mate, I fucking love it on Oxford Street, dude. It's so sick. There's like three butter chicken kebab places <laughs> back to back. So even if you could even if you have the freaking fortitude to say no to the first one, yeah. by the third one, you will you will have cash in your hand going, please, please, sir. When my card do- got declined on Sunday and I was like, how did this happen? And then I just got like just images throughout my weekend of just like do 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 unnecessary case board do 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 vape oh dude i spent so much money and also not a whole lot to show for it as well lots of chilling times yeah it's one of those weekends wasn't it like friday night it was technically it was one of those nights where you wake up heaps hung over and you're like was that even big like yeah and it was yeah, it was. In it was a just- very laid back way. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I would love to view like spending money on beer in the same way that I view like spending money on sushi. Like I see like a $12 sushi pack at Woolworths and I'm like, whoa, this probably isn't for me. But then beer, I'm like, I'll just have another eight of these, please. Perfect. It's interesting, isn't it? The optics, mate. And <laughs> the optics are very different. Because I brought something. I had a bit of an optical illusion myself the other day. That I, I've already voiced you in the apartment, but I guess I'll just repeat it. It's kind of the issue with this podcast, mate. It's like we don't really have that authentic storytelling element to a podcast. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yep, Billy, I was there. I was there. And you told me about it yesterday. And I, and, and I was there. I was there when it happened. I was there when you retold it. And then I was there when you told Imogen later that night. Yeah. And I was also there for the time you'd forgotten you told me it to told it to me when you were drunk and then told me it again, but I was too polite. Yeah. So then I'm like, let's talk about it on the pod. And you're, it's just, there's no magic in the air. But, um, but mate, I brought this up to you the other day. So Monday, we, and this was actually pretty, pretty funny. We both treated ourselves for Monday. Yeah. Monday lunch, mm. which that says- if you see me with Subway in hand Monday lunch, that means that's a bad boy. Yeah. Put that kid in the corner. I know. Facing the wall, okay? <laughs> and so, it also means I wasn't able to get to the shops over the weekend. We were too busy, mate. Too- I had Friday off. I didn't manage to get to Aldi. I was I was just overrun, mate. Oh, dude. I was it- doing business. That's the thing. My I was week- just nonstop doing business. It was crazy. My weekend was like a boat that just edged out towards the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Cause I go, I go. Few beers, got a gig Friday. Keep it, keep it chill. Mm. Massive. Saturday, few beers. Probably going big Saturday, but I've got that Friday up my sleeve. And then Saturday was huge, <laughs> absolutely huge. Sunday, I was already booked in to meet Pat at the Clovelly Hotel at midday. That's it's a Sunday afternoon, relaxed day. It's a Sunday afternoon. It's called drinking six pints and not having a meal. Yeah. So that was pretty fucking weird. Everyone in the beer garden thought I was a cunt. And why? Because <laughs> I was screaming at the television. <laughs> but, um, oh yeah, so Monday I had a bar and me mm. for lunch. Okay. You had Subway. Yeah. And I and it's interesting because in my respective lunch break, I was trying to decide whether to have Subway or a bar and me. 
And I'm nailing this bar and me and I'm thinking, fuck, how good's this? And then I'm thinking, it's interesting because a bar and me is basically a six inch sub, mm. right? Now, this is the optics. I would argue you nail a foot long sub in whatever time of day suits you. I don't blink twice at that. Mm. If I see you nail two barn me's back to back in one sitting, monstrous. You are a pig. Yeah. You are an absolute pig. What's that about? Is yeah. that racism? I think it's just good marketing by Subway. Yeah, cuz Subway have made you feel like a foot long isn't like an egregious thing to eat. Yeah. They've made you think like a foot long's normal and a six inch would be like the lighter option. Mm. When the reality is a six inch is a meal. It's a normal sandwich. And a foot long is just an egregious gluttonous experience. Mm. Like Amos Gill has this great joke where he goes, remember the mid 2000s when we all thought Subway was healthy? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, nothing healthier than a foot a foot of bread. <laughs> just a foot of white bread. But it's rye. I get the rye. <laughs> I get the rye with salami and all the salad. I do the exact same, mate. Tell me how you feel after. I feel ready to go. I feel heavy. Yeah, <laughs> I feel heavy. I feel heavy emotionally, dude. But it was so hot. Here's the thing. Now that it's warming up, um, that'll be my new justification for literally most of my behavior. What, just, you'll, I'll sweat it out. <laughs> well, it's just warm. So, yeah. like, even on Saturday, I'm like, oh, my God, it's such nice weather. Time to have a beer at one o'clock in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the, yeah, okay. It's very hard to say no to anything when it's hot. Mm. Because one day it won't be hot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And you'll mm. want the same thing. Mm. So... Yeah, we've got to have a look at these um these marketing campaigns, these optics. These optics, yeah. Yeah, it's like the the people that would never do meth but constantly buy cocaine in Sydney. You're like, I think you might be doing meth. It's another optic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another optic. It's so funny, yeah. I would say gun in my head, I've never done meth. But but there's been meth in my body. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can I can easily say like, oh yeah, but I didn't put it there. Well, yeah, well, you believed someone. You know what I mean. I chose to believe in in something <laughs> that we all knew was full of shit. Okay. So, what are some other optical illusions with shit like? Um, I don't know. Soft drink will trick a lot of people into thinking it's normal because it's like Coke Zero or whatever. I mean, yeah, I don't believe in Pepsi Max at all. No, neither. The only thing that's Max is your waistline, brother. <laughs> hey, I'll write that down. Guys, you've got to come and see me do stand-up comedy next year. I'm one of the <laughs> sharpest in the business. It doesn't get better than that, you know? <laughs> Billy's off to an absolutely dog shit gig tonight. Now I'm going to put my feet up. Rest yeah. up, mate. Mate, all right, last thing. I'll run this past you. We're fucking really battling to get to half an hour here. Another week in the books where I, I text Rowan during the day saying, Think of something for the podcast. He goes, no worries. And then he comes home and I go, do you have anything to say on the podcast? He goes, I'll have to have a think about it. <laughs> Keep in mind, we're recording in one minute. And then he comes into the room. I go, did you think of something? He goes, no. No. So that's okay. That's okay. What have you got? What what? Have you, yeah, what about, what about, what are you going to display here? Well, keep in mind, the first 27 minutes are off my bat. <laughs> I brought the Russell Brand allegations. Well, we both got that together. Clearly. It's news of the day. I'll give it a draw there. The Clavelli thing, you know, I spearheaded that that story. And um, I drove you to Clavelli. 
you didn't well okay what about this so I saw Glenn Maxwell Australian cricketer came up on my Instagram well this I did actually have this one no you didn't man I've been talking about Glenn Maxwell all week oh my god <laughs> alright tell me what Glenn Maxwell's been up to so Glenn Maxwell comes up on my Instagram and Glenn Maxwell's not that famous right if you went down the street and asked people who Glenn Maxwell is no one would give a fuck yeah except for nerds like me yeah Who'd be like the big show? <laughs> Guess how many Instagram followers Glenn Maxwell has? Non-Indian or all up? Well, that's the thing. He has two point six million. What? How many of those are Australians? Not, not a hundred thousand. I reckon maybe one fifty. You reckon one fifty? Yeah, and David Warner, dude. I think David Warner has like. I'm gonna look up David Warner. These cricketers, dude. They live like a double life. They're like sort of B-list celebrities here and they're gods in India. Uh, Did you ever watch the Bollywood movie that Brett Lee was in? No. I watched it. It's a rom-com set in Sydney. Yeah, he was the star. I know. He also sang in it. He wasn't great. He's not an actor. (laughs) Unbelievable. David Warner, guess how many followers David Warner has? Four million. Ten million. Oh, my God. Dude. And, like, he puts up shit on Instagram. Like, I honestly thought he maybe had a learning disability or something. Because he puts stuff up on Instagram where I'm like, I don't even know. Like, he'll be doing a weird TikTok dance. What? Um, and it's nothing like you've ever seen before. Or he'll put up um, a photo of a place in India. And he'll say, um, who can guess what city this is? And you think, this is the worst post. I've ever seen like maybe a hundred thousand comments of like people going, that's Hyderabad. You know, you could, that's Hyderabad. Like, cause he plays for Hyderabad in the IPL. That's sick. And I'm like, oh my God, these guys must be making so much money. We don't even know about. Yeah. Like I bet if you went to India and flicked on the telly in the, in the ads, how many times would you be seeing Davey Warner popping up being like, I start my day. With Mumbai Fireflakes or whatever. Yeah. The amount of up and goes and Milo that those guys are saying. Even I've been to Sri Lanka and you just suddenly see an Australian cricketer just on a Milo ad over there as well, everywhere. Fuck yeah, dude. The boys are on. And so it got me thinking, because this happens sometimes with comedians. Like Jim Jeffries is massive in Israel. Really? Yeah, because they played his sitcom legit after the Big Bang Theory in Israel. Oh, really? And this is during peak Big Bang Theory. Really? I know what you're thinking. Bill. It was all peak Big Bang Theory. <laughs> 2013 to 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And even, like, look at comedians. I mean, some comedians hit in Australia. Eddie Ift played the Opera House. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he could fill a fucking broom closet in America. Yeah, so true. So, stuff like this pops up all the time. The what, a- Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, what country would you want to be famous in? If for some reason you just blew up in some random country. Ooh. I think I'd probably go, it's a hassle to get to. I wouldn't mind like Brazil. Brazil? Yeah. Just sell out arenas and surf the coast. That'd be fun. That'd be pretty fun. Have a mad security team. Oh, that'd Just be cool. going through Rio. Dude, because you have to roll heavy in Rio. You got to roll so heavy. I think Brazil, I'm making this up. I'm making this up as I say it. I think it's like the second most dangerous country on the planet now. Bro. This Brazilian guy I worked with was always trying to get me to go to Rio. He's like, bro, you got to go to Rio. you got to go. And I'm like, it seems pretty dangerous, man. I don't know. It seems pretty red hot. And he'd go, 
bro, I'm from Rio. 95% of Rio, you should not go to. <laughs> but the 5% you sh- should go to, you can go to, is so good, man. <laughs> I'm like, that's odds are terrible. That, that is the worst stats I've ever heard for a city. So, the rugby league's like enormous in Papua New Guinea. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I thought you were going to say it's enormous in Brazil. Oh, no. No, they could give a fuck who Darren Lockyer is. But, like, Lockyer will go over there and, like, work as, like, a ambassador for some, like, dodgy mining company and shit, shake hands with some villagers, give them a fucking um, Broncos shirt and be like, just maybe sign over your water. <laughs> oh. The, the boys are doing brutal deals with the mining companies over there. Jesus. Because they had a tough fucking 10 years on the pokes. Yeah, fuck Darren. I don't love to hear that, mate. Yeah, don't love to hear it at all. But at the same time, when you went in on some four-story mansion on the Gold Coast 15 years ago, now those mortgage repayments are still coming in. They're still coming, mate. You got to go over to Papua New Guinea in a fucking blazer and just be like, hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Please sign this. Yeah, (laughs) that's crazy. Um, Where do you reckon you'd be keen on? I think maybe like Italy. Yeah, I'd love Ireland to be like hell into Ireland, yeah. I'd love to do like a Conor McGregor style walkout. Walk out to Foggy Jew in Ireland. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Fucking drunk audience members, though. Yeah, I heard Mark Norman say on a podcast that, like, the Irish love stand-up, but, like, they're fucking- They get hammered for it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, the other thing I think about often is you hear about this stuff, like, comedians get, like, crazy money for, like, private functions. Oh, uh, yeah. Would you- Let's say you get the fucking call. Mate, the Saudi prince is a huge Arneal fan. He's a massive fan. And the money's crazy, dude. Yeah. The mo- it's like we're talking like 10, 10 large, mm. 10, 10 mil to go over and do half an hour for like 200 people in Abu Dhabi for the weekend. <laughs> but, mate, it's dirty money. Dirty, dirty money, brother. I'm so- Like, it's legal, <laughs> yeah. but, man, this guy's, a, this guy's a bad guy. Yeah. He's got 400,000 Nepalese passports yeah. in his fucking cupboard. You know? But, mate, you, then you, you go on Instagram, Cam Smith- he took the live golf money. No one shot him. No one would know about it. I'm, I'm like a bad person to do this with because like every time I'm like, yeah, I take the money. I take the money. Oh, like dude. my morals go out immediately. I would totally take the money. I also just don't think I'm ever going to affect any change. So look who's going to be dancing on a sports bed ad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. I remember um, I got a, a beer with a comedian to discuss this podcast idea and- he was telling me about some podcast network and he, how ads work and stuff. And he was just helping me out basically. And uh, and he was like, yeah, you can get all these ads. Like for, with my podcast, just uh, personally, we won't do any gambling ads. And I was like, yeah, no, nah, no way. And that's the first time I ever even thought about like advertisement ethics. Yeah. Because like, I mean, I don't have any ads. So, and I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm. That's like something you should think about. But, mate, I got to say, yeah, gun to my head right now as a man who clocked off working in an underground car park earlier today. <laughs> yeah. If Sportsbet came knocking, it would be very hard for me to turn them down. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, at what sort of tax bracket can you afford to have ethics? Because yeah. I don't personally feel like I'm in that one yet. No, no, <laughs> no. And no, you might never be. <laughs> okay. Okay, buddy. <laughs> also, you also like betting quite a bit. But you are against the ads. Okay, so the gambling one is interesting because I use Sportsbet. I use Sportsbet mm. every week and I love it. Mm. And I also think the ads are horribly unethical. Yeah. 
But 50k. 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 And here's the thing, dude. That's why I would never fucking have a go at anyone for like the live golf thing. Like I I, I, I thought it was absolutely hilarious when Cam Smith takes... We're not taking... We're not talking 50k. Cam Smith, the golfer, took like 50 mil or like 100 mil or something. Mm. Crazy money. The sort of money where your great-grandchildren are rich mm. just for being born. And blokes on $45,000 are like, I would never. Mm. And it's like, really, brother? How about I get a gun to your head with 75k in a briefcase and we find out who's who? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're fucking full of shit. So, yeah, look, I would never... I got it, yeah. And I literally am trying to write a bit at the moment about, like, the, the ethics of gambling ad- advertisements. Maybe some, like, if, like, some Romanian sex traffickers were, like, my biggest fan, I might be like, I'm not down with this. Like, yeah. I-, I draw the line at Eastern European smuggling people. Yeah, oh, look, I'm very happy. I'm very happy to... Right now, live on the pod, draw the line of human trafficking. Yeah, yeah. I won't endorse it. I won't endorse it. For any amount of money. For any amount of money. And that's a promise. That is a promise. But dude, uh, it's like, um, what was I going to say with the human trafficking? What were we talking about before the human trafficking? Live golf, gambling ads. Gambling ads, live golf. Lost it. I I just hate that they give you- Dude, multis have like fucked this country because they're so hard to get. And it's almost like they've made that like, if you're not doing a multi, are you really betting? Like everything well, is just multis. Who, everyone, as someone who places multis every week, I can tell you, if you're not placing a multi, you're not really betting. Exactly. And no one wins. Some people win. But did, my boss sent me this one. He's like, oh, these could all come. And I, then I went down the list and I was like, mate, a bunch of these might not happen. And then I was like, I'm not going to place this. And then the first leg didn't go. I watched it over the weekend. I was like, done, done. I he, Another stonemason put 50 bucks on it. They were all just admiring it, being like, how good this, this is fucking going to come. And it's like, yeah. no. <laughs> but here's the thing with the the multis. Like, I, like, you can now multi, they have multi-multis on. What's that? It's where you can, like, put two multis together. Ah. Oh craziness dude but I, I absolutely love it i think betting on sports is like one of the funnest things you could do so it's like i just i don't i don't not condone the activity mm. i fucking love it um i just don't think you should be able to advertise it but also if it was between sports bet and the pokies um i'm way keener to die on the pokies hill i think the pokies are just egregious yeah yeah absolutely and like you know new south wales has the second most in the world outside of vegas i know boom boom Number one, baby. And still. But yeah, look, honestly, mate, well, I, I thought of something earlier and I just lost it. So. Yeah, the pokies have clipped a few of my mates up. No good. Yeah. In lockdown, this guy used to come to our apartment and just play the fake pokies. And he'd be he'd get a fake feature and be like stoked. Can you bet money on the fake pokies? No. Okay. And you can't win any money either. But he'll just slam features. Yeah. It's just dopamine, dude. I don't even yeah. know. But uh but yeah. Oh well mate. Good stuff. Here we go. I think we'll probably end the podcast now. Adele's back. Adele's back, mate. Yeah. Did Adele ever leave? We're on a bit of a run, mate, because we had that fucking hot one. And then the next week we were off, but we had the sick ghost story. Mm. And then last week I can't remember. Did we do one? I remember last week being good. So then we were back last we week. We were back last week. This week, what do you think? 55%. 
I would say a gentleman sixty. A gentleman round up. sixty, nice. Round up, nice. So there's some heat in the room. There, there is a vibe for sure. There's a vibe. Nice, nice. Thanks for listening, folks. You. <laughs>